Thank you very much, Dr. Stevens. It's an honor. It's an honor to finally meet you today. Um, and uh, it's also an honor to be here with, with the great pastor, Roger Cheeks, who I have the honor of working with, um, doing a lot of work for the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. And thank you so much for being here. It's not a simple matter to have an Orthodox Jewish rabbi from Israel up in church on a Sunday morning. Um, if you're here for the first time or watching for the first time, don't worry, come back next week. Everything will be back to normal. You won't have Jewish rabbis speaking in church. Um, so before the service, I was sitting in the, in the, cafe, in the cafe, and I was, uh, I was talking with, uh, with Pastor Tim and, and Elder uh, John, and we were talking about visiting Israel. You know, I live in Israel. I'm, I'm blessed to live a few miles away from where David killed Goliath, and, and I live in the, pretty much in the area where Samson lived, and, and I drive over the river where he met Delilah every day. So I, I kind of live in the, in, the, in the cradle of the Bible. And we were talking about what it's like, you know, in my work, I often speak to groups of Christians who are visiting Israel. It's a big part of our work. And I just want to tell you a little story. There was a pastor, this is about four or five years ago, there was a pastor, a good friend of mine, who was bringing a group from his church to Israel. And he contacted me a few weeks before the trip. And he said, Rabbi, could you speak to my group when we come? I said, yeah, I'd love to. Just give me the date. So he sends me the dates of his trip. And I looked at my calendar. They were arriving in Israel on a Wednesday late afternoon. That's when they were landing. And I was flying to the States for one of my speaking tours on Thursday morning, the next morning. And I would be in the States the entire time that they were in Israel. I wrote back to him and I said, I said uh, Pastor, I'm, I'm awfully sorry. It's not going to work. It happens to be the exact dates of your trip. I'm away. He said, no, Rabbi, we got to speak to me. What do you mean? I said, well, I'm leaving Thursday morning, and you're landing Wednesday late afternoon. He said, great. So when we get to our hotel Wednesday evening, you'll speak to us. I said, okay, listen, you're landing at 4.20 p.m. You're going to then get your luggage. You're going to get on the bus. And then you're going to sit in traffic, in rush hour traffic, getting from the airport into the city of Tel Aviv, where they're staying at a hotel in downtown Tel Aviv by the beach. I said, by the time you get to your hotel, it'll probably be about 6.30, 7 o'clock. And you're going to check in. They're going to eat dinner. When do you want this to happen? He said, listen, you be there. We'll just, we won't even check in. We'll put down our bags. Everyone will go into dinner. And as soon as they're done eating dinner, you'll speak to the group. I need you to speak to the group. I said, look, we can send you someone else from the organization. He goes, no, Rabbi, we're friends. I want you to speak to the group. I said, fine. So I figured I would have a little fun with them. So sure enough, they show up, and they're like, you know, they still got their fanny packs on from the flight, and they're still, you know, they're, they're in the clothing they've been sitting on a 10-hour flight in, and they were sitting in traffic, and some of them are bringing their plates of food in. This is, they've just landed in Israel. So after they're all seated, and I get introduced, I said to them, so, so tell me something. How long have you been in Israel? Oh, about two hours. I, I said, tell me, have you seen anything biblical yet? 
And they go, no. And one woman puts up her hand. She says, well, we're going to Capernaum tomorrow. I said, oh, so you haven't seen anything biblical yet, huh? I said, you know, I don't know what's in your Bible, but in my Bible, there aren't just stories about the past. There's also stories about the future. And in those stories about the future, you have, for example, Deuteronomy chapter 30. And Deuteronomy chapter 30, Deuteronomy chapter 28 and 29 talk about the terrible suffering that will befall the people of Israel, including going into exile. And going into exile for a very long time, Deuteronomy chapter 29 talks about it going till the last generation, which means a really long time. And then in Deuteronomy 30, here's what, here's what God says. When all these blessings and curses I've set before you come upon you, and you take them to heart, wherever the Lord your God disperses you among the nations. And then jumping ahead, then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes. He'll have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where he scattered you. Even if you have been banished to the most distant lands under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. He will bring you to the land that belonged to your ancestors, and you'll take possession of it, and he'll make you more numerous and more prosperous than your ancestors. Now, understand something. In the ancient world, many, many nations were conquered and sent into exile. That's what empires would do. They'd conquer a people, they'd, they'd kill the leaders, and they'd scatter the others into exile because it was a much easier way of dealing with it than trying to rule over them in their homeland. Many nations went into exile. But you go into exile, scattered for a long time, nobody comes back. This is a miracle. But what's more, I just read you a passage from the Bible written 3,300 years ago. And it's written in the future tense. There will come a time, after a long exile, that this people are going to come back, retake their land, and become more numerous and more prosperous than ever before. Understand something. This is very powerful. Our parents, our grandparents, our great-grandparents all read these verses. And they were all reading verses that were written in the future tense. Every single thing in the verses I just read to you has happened. It is now, only now. And the people of Israel are only more numerous than ever before in the land and more prosperous than ever before in the land in the last few years. We, right now, us, we live in a time where this future tense prophecy in the Bible is fact. Every detail of it is true. So I said to these people, I quoted this and I said, tell me something. You were sitting in traffic on the way from the airport, right? So, you know, if you go back a hundred years and there was barely anyone here and the land was desolate and you, you see an occasional donkey walk by, imagine if you told someone, you know, there's going to come a time where there's going to be so many Jews in the land of Israel that you're going to be sitting in traffic. I said, look at these tall buildings in Tel Aviv. You think that the only biblical things you're going to see are old buildings from the Second Temple period? 
These high-rise buildings around here, this hotel that you're in, and all these millions of Jews in Israel, this is biblical too. You know, when, when God split the sea and the people of Israel left Egypt and crossed the sea, some member of the people of Israel walking across the sea didn't say to himself, hey, I'm in the Bible. Folks, we're in the Bible. This is a biblical time. This story, the stories in the Bible about the past give us names of the people because they happened. The stories in the future, they don't give us the names of the past. But of course, we're not in the land of Israel right now. And I could tell you that as a Jew who's ingathered, I'm in ingathered exile, I'm fulfilling these scriptures. Very nice. But now let me share you share with you some verses from Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 8 describes a time when the people of Israel will come back to their land. Jerusalem will be rebuilt, filled with the, with the people of Israel. And it says here, this is what the Lord Almighty says, once again men and women of ripe old age will sit in the streets of Jerusalem. Each of them will, with cane in hand because of their age, the city streets will be filled with boys and girls playing there. This is what the Lord Almighty says. It may seem marvelous, wondrous to the remnant of this people at that time. But is it marvelous to me, declares the Lord Almighty? Now, what's so marvelous about some old people sitting there and kids playing? Well, what's marvelous is that, as I said before, when people go into exile for a long time, they don't come back. Now, at the end of this chapter, though, I'm going to jump ahead a few verses. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Many peoples... And the inhabitants of many cities will come. And the inhabitants of one city will go to another and say, Let us go at once to entreat the Lord and seek the Lord Almighty. I myself am going. And many peoples and powerful nations will come to Jerusalem to seek the Lord Almighty and to entreat him. Listen carefully to what I'm saying to you. When you... How many people here have been to Israel? Raise your hand. If there's a hand, a hand. If you're at home, raise your hand. Stand up if you're at home. Understand something. You've been to Israel. When you went to Israel, you were not just observing, witnessing prophecy come to life. You were prophecy come to life. Understand that. That's real. When Zechariah when Zachariah looked into the future and saw a time, and this is, this is like 500 years before Christianity. There was no such thing as non-Jews non who believed in the God of Israel. At the time he said this prophecy, it seemed crazy. Why would all these people from other nations want to worship our God? But we know what it's talking about. When Zechariah looked into the future and he said, wait a second, at the time that the people of Israel come back and Jerusalem is filled again with the people of Israel, there's also going to be something else going on. There's going to be millions among the nations who are going to turn to each other and say, hey, the church is planning a trip to Israel. Are you going? Yeah, I'm going. That's what he writes. Which means that when you get on a plane, when you say yes, when the pastor says, are you going to Israel? And you say, yes, I am going too. You're actually... Zacharias quoting you. You're writing yourself into the Bible. What I'm saying to you is this. Me and my family can fulfill the first part of that chapter. 
My, my, uh, my elderly in-laws, pray for my mother-in-law, she's... She has some health issues, but my elderly in-laws live in Jerusalem. My children, when they were little, we'd bring them to Jerusalem and they'd play. And we fulfilled the beginning of that chapter of Zechariah. But I can't fulfill the end of that chapter because it's not about me. It's about you. The Bible is not a story about the Jews. The Bible is a story about all of us. We all have a role to play and we're all in this together. But it's also not just about going there. Psalm 117 says, praise the Lord, all nations, exalt him, all peoples, for his kindness has been abundant upon us, the people of Israel. Now, my great grandparents who fled Germany with most of their family getting killed by the Nazis, I don't know what they thought when they read this verse. Wait a second, all the nations are going to praise God for being so good to the Jews? That seemed ridiculous to them. But I know what it means. When you stand here and you praise God for what he's done for the people of Israel, you're like that kid walking across the Red Sea. You're writing yourself into the Bible. You are the person that David was talking about. And this is not, I'm not being hyperbolic here. This isn't just some sort of metaphor. Like we take a verse on a Sunday morning and we turn it into a metaphor. This is real. These prophets looked into the future and saw a time where multitudes among the nations would praise the God of Israel for being so good to the Jews and bringing us back to our land. And that never happened before until today. And that means that as much as I'm fulfilling biblical prophecy, when I moved to Israel from America, and by being part of the ingathered exiles, you are fulfilling prophecy when you praise the God of Israel for what he's done with the people of Israel. When you visit Israel, you are choosing to be the person the Bible is talking about. This is real. Take this to heart. We live in a time of the fulfillment of scriptures that people have been waiting 3,000 years to see fulfilled. And for some reason, we were chosen. God chose you and you and you and you to live in this time, and we have to step up to the plate. We are not spectators in the biblical story. We are the biblical story. Um, I'm going to end. I probably went over time. Sorry. Um, I, I want to thank you again for opening your hearts to this relationship, to loving Israel, to being a part of it. But remember, you're not just cheering for the Jews from the sideline. That's not the way you should view it. You and me both are what the Bible is talking about. When the temple is rebuilt, Isaiah calls it a house of prayer for all nations. And that means that we're all going to serve the Lord together, side by side. Can I share one more scripture, Pastor? One more? Oh, I'm doing good, eh? Okay. He told me to take my time. You see, if I wasn't doing so well, he'd say, Rabbi, finish up. One last, one last passage. Now, if you have a Bible in front of you, please, or, a, or a phone with a Bible on it, please open it up to Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 9. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 9. This is another beautiful prophecy about the future. And a bunch of years ago, when I started speaking to Christians, you know, I don't read the Bible in English. I read the Bible in Hebrew. My Hebrew is as good as my English, and I, I don't study the Bible in translation, except when I'm preparing to speak to people who don't know Hebrew. So I, I wanted to speak about this verse, and I looked up the translation, and I was confused. So let me share with you what we have. If everyone has it, 
I'll just read, I just went to Bible Hub, you know, where you have like 52 translations. So here's what it says. Then, meaning then, in the future, meaning now, I will purify the lips of the peoples. Listen carefully. Open your hearts. I will purify the lips of the peoples that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and serve him shoulder to shoulder. Now, I want you to put your hand up if in your Bible, the verse does not end with the words shoulder to shoulder. Oh, there's a hand. There's a, oh, a bunch of hands went up. Huh. You see, I saw this translation, shoulder to shoulder. That's what's up there. That's the NIV. And then I looked at it, and I wasn't satisfied. So I looked at other translations. And let's say, here's the next one here, the English Standard Version. To, to, that, they will, that all people will call upon the name of the Lord and serve him with one accord. Okay, now, here's a rule. If you read a verse in multiple translations and they are all exactly the same, the translators probably got it right. But if you read a verse and the translations are different, they're probably all wrong. Because if the verse was easy to translate from the Hebrew, they'd all have the same thing. When the translations are different, you got to ask yourself, what's going on in the Hebrew? And that's when you contact me. So what, what does it actually say in the Hebrew? So listen carefully. If you remember only one thing that I say today, let it be this. Here's what it says in the Hebrew. It says, Then I will purify the lips of the peoples, that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and serve him as one shoulder. The Hebrew is Shechem Achad. Shechem means shoulder. Echad means one. One shoulder. Not like one shoulder, but as one shoulder. We'll serve the Lord as one. Now, so, so one translator says, well, two people don't have one shoulder, so I'll just write shoulder to shoulder. Uh, excuse me. If Zephaniah wanted to say shoulder to shoulder, he could have said that. He said one shoulder. And another translator says, well, one shoulder really means that they're in agreement. So I'll write one accord. Uh, excuse me. That's not a translation anymore. That's a commentary. Now listen carefully. What's the difference between shoulder to shoulder and one shoulder? This verse is describing all the nations coming together, all serving the Lord together. All the nations, the people of Israel and all the nations of the world, all calling out the name of the one God together. Shoulder to shoulder means we're, that we're carrying a burden together. You're next to me, and we're shoulder to shoulder. And when we're done, we're going to go our separate ways. And if I feel pain from the burden we're carrying, you don't necessarily feel it. But if we're one shoulder, what does that mean? That means that we're not going our separate ways when we're done. That means that if I feel pain, you feel it too. We're one shoulder. See, when God says something that doesn't make sense to the translators, they change the word of God. Isn't the Hebrew beautiful? So folks, I don't know if we're 100% there yet, but this is where we're headed. The Jewish people today, in our time, for the first time in our long history, we know that we are not bearing our burdens alone. That there are those who are standing with us as one shoulder. 
who are bearing that burden together, who feel our pain, and who aren't going to leave when we're done bearing that burden. Shoulder to shoulder, one shoulder. Oh, let me just, uh, can I put in a plug for my book and, and then I'll be done? I'm so sorry, Pastor, I went over time. I promised him I wouldn't, but I got all excited and, and his announcements lasted, I think, about 40 minutes. So, you know, I was, so I figured we got some time here. <laughs> Are we okay, Pastor? We're good, okay. So um, after the service, if you want, I have a book. If you like that little teaching, I wrote a book which is a line-by-line devotional commentary on Psalms 113 through 118. And each, on each verse, there's a teaching like this, digging into the Hebrew, pulling out some lesson. So it's a Bible study, but it's also a devotional, and it's available for purchase after the service. I'll be there to, oh, here it is. Here's a copy of a Cup of Salvation. You can also buy it on Amazon, Kindle. Um, and um, uh, again, it's available afterwards. I'll stick around and sign a few copies, but then I've got to get in the car and drive to Tennessee. Um, and uh, I also have a podcast, if you're interested, called Shoulder to Shoulder. I didn't call it One Shoulder because people wouldn't know what I was talking about. But there's a pod- if, you wanna, if you want more, uh, there's a podcast called Shoulder to Shoulder that I do with a pastor friend of mine. And we talk about shared issues of faith. Um, and so I just want to thank, again, thank uh, Pastor Cheeks and Dr. Stevens. And thank you. And thank you all. Thank you all for listening and opening your hearts. And I hope that this is the beginning of our relationship uh, and that we could stay in touch uh, so please, I have a stack of my business cards. I'll give them out to you. We can start the relationship here. And, and let's remember that one day, we will all be serving the Lord together as one shoulder in the house of prayer for all nations. God bless you.